Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. This evening, Genesis chapter 31 and verse number 26. I want to read just a few verses of scripture here in your hearing tonight. Genesis 31 and verse number 26 through 32. The Bible states these words. And Laban said to Jacob, what hast thou done that thou hast stolen away unawares to me and carried away my daughters as captives taken with the sword? Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me and didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs, with tabret and with harp, and hast not suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters? Thou hast now done foolishly in so doing. It is the power of my hand to do you hurt, but the God of your father spake unto me yesternight, saying, Take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. And now, though thou wouldest needs be gone, because thou art sore longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Preventure thou wouldest take by force thy daughters from me, with whomsoever thou findest thy gods. Let him not live before our brethren discern thou what is thine with me and take it to thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them away. Laban poses a question to Jacob alone. But in reality, it concerned Jacob and his wife, Rachel. And his question was, I understand that you're leaving because you're longing for your father's house. But why did you steal my gods? But Jacob had not done so. Rachel had done so. But Jacob was not aware of it. So tonight I pose our subject matter this evening as a question. Because evidently Jacob was longing for his father's house. But by the deeds of Rachel she was longing for her father's house. And so my question to you tonight is this. Which father's house is it? Which father's house, which father's house are you longing for? Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you tonight. God, we understand that your word is forever settled in heaven. God, the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of God will stand forever. God, and it's upon that word, Lord God, that we plant ourselves. It's upon that word, God, that we, Lord Jesus, depend. And we want that word, Lord, to be spoken in this place. God, you're able to help us, Lord, by your word. Encourage us, direct us, give us, Lord. God, sure guidance, Lord, I pray, God, this evening by the word of God. We know the words, the worlds were framed by the word of God. And if it had the power to do that, then it has the power, Lord, to do something in our own lives. God, and help us along on this journey that we live called life. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray, amen. Everybody say amen. So be it as the scripture says, and you may be seated tonight. In the lovely name of the Lord. Which father's house? The setting of the scripture is that Jacob and Rachel are parting ways from Laban, 
her father. Jacob has given 20 years of his life to him. And Rachel had not known life without him. Years earlier in the scripture when Abraham had sent his eldest servant of his household to find a wife for his son Isaac. He did not want Isaac to be taken back to Bethuel or back to Laban or back to that country or that land. The admonition of Abraham was clear and it was sure. He said, beware that you do not take my son back there to that land, to that place. He said, if the woman is not willing to follow you, he's speaking to his servant, if the woman is not willing to follow you, then you will be released from this oath. Only do not take my son back there. It appears as though the words that were for the eldest servant of Abraham's house was good for him, that those same words were similar for Jacob. Jacob was to go back to that same land that the elder servant went to of Abraham and secure a wife. But his days, according to the scripture of Genesis 27, his days were to be a few and not many there. His days was just to be a trip, if you will, and then back to the land of promise, back to the land of Canaan. He was to take a wife from that place and then literally meaning that she would then come on the trip with him to the land of promise. He wasn't to stay back there. He wasn't to live back there or dwell back there. He was to secure a spouse there and take her to the land of promise. It was never meant for him to find someone there and stay back in the past. He was to find someone that was willing to make the trip with him, go with him where he was and remain there. They were not to go to the land of promise just for their marriage and then go back to the land from which she was from. That was not the case. No, they were in reality to marry in the land of promise and they were to live in the land of promise. And yet the Bible says that Jacob went back and rather than it being a few days, he stayed in the land for 20 years. Rather than living in the land of promise, he lived in the land that his ancestors had came from. He lived in the land that Abraham at one time hearing the call of God said, get away from thy people and thy kindred and thy nation and thy land. It's that land that he went back to and he would remain at for 20 years. Against his better judgment, the Bible tells us that Jacob would serve 14 years in that land for his wives and an additional six years for his flock that he would have. All belong, according to scripture, being taken advantage of by Laban being taken advantage of by that man during that time of his stay. Jacob has given him the best, has given Laban the best that he had to offer, had given him his strength, had made himself certainly a servant in unto him. But in return, the Bible says that Jacob had not been treated fairly. He had been preyed upon as though by a predator. He has been taken advantage of as a parasite would take advantage of its host. Jacob did not get a man what he had bargained for. He had went there just for a wife and she was to follow him and go with him and go to the land of promise. But now he didn't get what he bargained for to spend 20 years of his life there. 14 years for the wife and 6 years if you will for the livestock 
the Bible says he aimed for Rachel in marriage as the story goes. But the Bible says in the morning when he arrived after the marriage that it was Leah to his disappointment. He didn't get what he bargained for. He had invested a lot of time there. Seven more years of his life there and seven years of his energy there for the purpose of securing Rachel only to find out after he got her, that she could not bear anything. She could not produce anything. She could not add anything unto his life in any way concerning children at that moment in time. He loved her, and she loved him. But there was a time when nothing tangible could be shown for their relationship. He had served Laban according to the scripture with all of his power. And in return, what he received was deception. Jacob had his way just changed under the rule of Laban ten times the Bible says. Jacob noticed at one point in his, his, his servitude to Laban the Bible says he even told Leah and he told Rachel. He said Laban is not looking upon me with the same countenance that he used to look upon me with. In other words he's not looking upon me the same that he did in the beginning when I first came here. Yet in contrast to that the Bible tells us that the God of his father the God of his fathers had been with him when he left Bethel the God of his fathers had been with him during the first seven years the second seven years and the last six years the God of his fathers had been patiently waiting on him all alone and so here is Jacob he didn't get what he bargained for he is not of that country he is of the promised land he was only supposed to stay there for a little bit and get himself back home but he stayed there for several several years in spite of it supposed to be in just a few days but on the other hand concerning his wife the Bible says Rachel was accustomed no doubt to Laban that's her father she's accustomed to his ways she's accustomed to where she had lived she had not known the promised land she had not lived there she had not been in the land of milk and honey all that she had known is her life there where Laban was she was familiar with those surroundings she was most comfortable with those ways and on that notion something surfaces whenever they're about ready to leave the land where Laban dwell and go to the land of promise and the Bible says that whenever Laban overtakes them after they had left and then 10 days later overtakes them in their journey there's something that surfaces from Rachel Laban in the scripture in the verse that I read to you rightly spoke the division that was in the family of Jacob with his statement to Jacob and his question to Jacob. He said, you greatly long for your father's house, but why did you steal my gods? Jacob longed to get back to the promised land because the trip was supposed to just been a few days to begin with. He longed for his father's house. He'd been away from there for 20 years. He had been away. He's ready to get back home. Seven years was too long. Fourteen years was too long. An additional six years was too long. He's ready to get back to his father's house. And the Bible seems to portray to us that whenever he shared this with Rachel and he shared this with Leah, that they are supportive to a certain degree. They tell their husband, do whatever you think is right. Do whatever God has told you to do, Jacob. But the 
Bible says in the moment that they say do whatever you think is right whatever you're supposed to do we'll be willing and we'll go with you the Bible says in the same instance that they say that that Rachel stole the household God of her father thinking this that I want you husband I want you to Jacob to get back to the promised land and we will go with you but surely I'll be able to go to the land of promise and still be able to retain some portion of my daddy's house surely we'll be able to go back to the house of your father but I don't want to go without retaining some portion of my father's house of what I've been accustomed to what I've been exposed to where I've been living for these years I I know you speak of your God of your fathers of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob I know you speak of him being something wonderful and tremendous but perhaps this is all I've known can't I just take a little bit of my father's house to your father's house can't I take some Something of my past into my future. Bible says that Jacob does not know that she has stolen the idols. He doesn't want anything to do with those. No doubt, according to his response, we see that is true. He doesn't want anything to do with those. As a matter of fact, he is so adamant about it that he tells Laban, whenever Laban comes and overtakes them and is accusing them of having some of his household idols, Jacob tells to Laban, he says, here's what I want you to do. Whoever you find that has those gods, don't suffer that person to live. Jacob is so adamant about it. He's telling Laban, he said, I don't need anyone a part of my life that's going to be an arboring gods of the land that I'm trying to get away from. He's so adamant, not wanting any part with it. He says, slay them, take their life because I'm trying to get away from this. I'm trying to leave this. And I don't want any servant, maid servant, male servant, whoever it is, I don't want them to be a part of my life if they're still trying to hold on to something that's a part of my past. I don't want them. He goes a step further and says, when you find it, if you find it, because he was convinced he had nothing had taken it. He says, if you find it, he said, you take whatever belongs to you with you. You know what he's saying? I'm not going to fight you over it. You can have what's yours. I don't need yours because I'm going back to my father's house. There's nothing that you can offer me that's going to be any better than what I got back at daddy's house. I know what I left. And so I know what I'm going to. There's nothing back there that's going to be of any great, great, great value to me more than where I am going. And so in this marital relationship, we have two different approaches and categories of people. There's one like Jacob who is longing for what is ahead of him while there is another like Rachel that can't bear going forward without being able to keep a portion of what she's trying to leave behind. And so each has a longing for the father's house. But the question is, which father's house are they longing for? Jacob is longing for his fathers, the fathers of the God of Abraham and Isaac. But Rachel is longing for the house of her father, amen, of the land that's back there that Abraham was called out of. She's longing for, if you will, that house that is in the past. Jacob had explained it. Watch the scripture here. Jacob had explained it that before he left, he said, it is not just me leaving of my own accord, but God is calling me to leave where I am right now, back to my father's house. Look at the verses of scripture, Genesis 31, verse 14. 
And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, he's just told them God's calling me back. God's calling me back. And so Rachel and Leah, who's never been there, never approached there, they answered to him and say, is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? I know where we're going, but can I take anything that I formerly had with me? Is there any portion? Is there an inheritance of our father's house? He, they go on and say, are we not counted of him strangers? For he has sowed us and have quite devoured also our money. Verse 16, for all the riches which God have taken from our father, that is ours, our children's. Now then, they say, whatsoever God have said unto thee, do. There they are. We're agreeable. But can we take a portion of what should be ours with us? Whenever Jacob mentioned going to his father's house, the only thing that they could initially respond with is this. Is there any portion of our past we can take with us? He's trying to call them to a place they've never been before. He's trying to help get them to a, a mode, a, a land, a promise that they've never been before. Amen. Something that they've never experienced before. And they're saying, is there any way I can hold on to this old experience? Folks, I want you to realize that this very same mentality of trying to hold on to something of the past is the very same mentality that caused hesitation and refusal from Orpha, one of the two daughters-in-laws of Naomi in the book of Ruth. Amen. Whenever Naomi had left Bethlehem of Judah, the Bible says she and her family was to go down into Moab to sojourn there. Sojourn in the country of Moab. Amen. Yet as days would pass into years, she found herself not sojourning in Moab, but dwelling in Moab. Because sojourning is something that you do for a couple of months. Sojourning is something you do for a limited time. But she ended up dwelling there. And for 10 years, she dwelt there. She didn't intend to stay, but she had a long trip to Moab. And while she was there, she lost her husband. She lost her two sons and she finally decides I'm going to return back home to Bethlehem of Judah because I hear reported that there is bread back at Bethlehem of Judah. I hear that there is sustenance back at Bethlehem of Judah and the Bible says that here she is going to return back home. Her, her, her husband's dead. Her two boys are dead and now her daughter-in-laws begin to cry out to Naomi, say take us with you. We'll go back home over to Bethlehem Judah with you. And the Bible says Naomi begins to talk to them, tell them that the journey's going to be hard. She tells them that she doesn't have another child for them to marry. She doesn't have another offspring. Even if she could bear a child, she asked them, will you wait for him to be grown? And here's Orpha. She's hearing all this. And Orpha's husband, he's dead as well. And she's listening to all this. And then Naomi asks the question of all questions. She says, why will you go with me? Let's get to the heart of the matter. Why will you go with me? If I may interject here this evening, which father's house are you longing for? Which father's house are you longing for? The Bible says whenever it came, amen, to the time of decision, that Orpha, the Bible says, kissed Naomi and returned to 
her people and returned to her gods. But Ruth clave unto her mother-in-law. She adopted her location as her own. She adopted her people as her own. She adopted her God as her own. What are you saying? Orpha had a desire to go, but she didn't have the resolve to leave everything behind. She didn't have the resolve to leave her people, her God, and her location. Whereas Ruth said, I'll go where you go. Ah, your people will be my people. Where you're buried, that's where I'll be buried. What are you saying? Somebody wanted a different father's house than the other. Let's get something straight here this evening. No one here owes your enemy, your adversary, whatever may have been perplexing you. A public announcement that you're going to have an address change. No one is here is ever obligated to tell the adversary that may have had his thumb upon you when you're leaving him. Or the things that pertain to him behind. The Bible says that Jacob left Laban without notification. He left him without telling him. He didn't say, hey boy, I'm, I'm going to be leaving tomorrow at such and such time. No, 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 no. He didn't give an announcement. He didn't give no indication. But quite stealthily, he left unknown by Laban. I'll tell you tonight, the reason why Jacob did this is because Jacob knew the tendency of Laban. Back when Abraham had his servant seeking for a wife, for Isaac, seeking for a wife, willing to leave her land and go to the land of promise, the Bible relates to us that Laban, even in that moment, proved to be deceptive in his support. At first, whenever it was told to him and told to his father, both of them were like, go ahead, take Rebecca. That's who Isaac was going to marry. Take Rebecca. Go ahead and take her back to the land of promise. But by the next morning, the scripture reveals, Laban and his mother said this unto the servant, why don't you let Rebekah stay here for a few more days? At least 10, then she can go. See, old Jacob knew the ways of Laban. Laban is always going to put off you leaving just one more day. Laban's always going to put off you leaving just one more, just a few more days, at least 10, and then we'll let her go. No, you don't understand. If she has the attitude to leave now, if you give her a few more days, she might just settle right back to down to where she is, and she'll be encapsulated by the life that she has always known. But I'm trying to get her to the land of promise. I'm trying to get her to a wedding day. I'm trying to, and Laban's saying, just give me one more day. Can I tell you today, we have been duped too long, ladies and gentlemen, for the adversary to look at us and say just give me one more day don't leave quite yet don't let go of that yet don't drop that addiction right now just give me one more day Just and one day turns to two and two turns to three we got days turning into years because somebody just waited one more day mm -hmm. 
Jacob says, I know his ways. I wasn't going to tell him because if I told him, he'd try to bargain for just one more day. The Bible says, you see it. You see it already played out once in the story of Jacob. Genesis 24 and verse 55. And her brother Laban and her mother said, Here, here's the story there with, with Rebekah and Abraham. Let the damsel abide with us a few days. At least ten after that she shall go. And he said to them, Hinder, look at the servant knew, Hinder me not, seeing that the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the damsel inquire at her mouth. You know what they said? We're going to see what Rebecca has to say on the matter. We're going to inquire at her mouth. And the Bible says when she showed up, verse 58, and they called Rebecca and said to her, wilt thou go with this man? And the Bible says, and she said, I will go. Do you understand? What we need is a Rebecca mentality in a Rachel world. We need a Rebecca mentality in a Rachel world. Rebecca said, I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go right now. And she didn't need any attachments of home in order to make the trip. She didn't have any portion of the past that she had to take with her. She's not asking for a portion of her father's house or a portion of his inheritance. She's not asking whether or not she gets anything from them. No, no, no. She's ready to go. She solidly says, I will go. And what she leaves behind, she leaves behind. We need a Rebecca mentality in a Rachel world. Because the world that we're living in is how can we get to the promised land still holding on to the past? But we need a Rebecca mentality that says, I'm not so worried about what I'm letting go of, but I am grateful for what I am attaining. I am grateful for what's coming down the pike. I presume here tonight, even according to Scripture at times, that some have trouble embracing the Father's house because they have too much invested in their other Father's house. And the things that pop in their mind, what about everything I'll lose? Mm-hmm. What about everything I lose? Let me flip the question for you. What about everything you'll gain? But I, my whole life's been invested here. What about everything I lose? Is there a portion I can take? Let me ask you something. Look at these verses of Scripture. You, you, you are not gambling here, folks. In First and Second Chronicles 25 and verse 6, the Bible says he hired, this is speaking of the king of Judah, Amaziah, he hired also a hundred thousand mighty men of valor out of Israel for a hundred talents of silver. He paid for warriors. But there came a man of God to him saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee. This is the time when Judah, Israel's divided. The two, the northern kingdom, the southern kingdom, they're divided. He says, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel. To it, with all the children of Ephraim. But if thou wilt go, do it. Be strong for the battle. If you're going to go, if you're going to pay for these guys and you're going to go to battle, be strong for it because God shall make thee fall before thine enemy. For God hath power to help, but also power to cast down. And Amaziah said, look what he said, to the man of God, but what shall we do for the hundred talents? What shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, look at wisdom here. The Lord is able to give thee much more. 
The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. He had paid 100 talents of silver. That equates to about four and a half tons of silver. Four and a half tons of silver he had given to hire fighting men. But the man of God says, God's not with Israel right now. So you don't want anything that's not with God with you. You don't want anything that's not with God with you. And Amaziah worried, he says, what about everything I've invested in them? What about all the money? What about the silver that I've invested in them? What about all of this? I paid these hired men. And the men of God said, hey, God's help is worth far more than that. Don't worry about what you think is a loss. You're going to gain a whole lot more going with God. Folks, it doesn't matter what you have invested in. Nothing is worth as much as God's help, God's favor, God's aid. The portion of your father's inheritance doesn't amount to the inheritance of your heavenly father. It may in your eyes be perceived as a loss, but overall, you've gained by the father's house. Amen. Secondly, look at this. Whenever Joseph was born to Rachel and Jacob, Jacob, the Bible says, upon the birth of Joseph, was ready to return to his father's house. You can read this, Genesis 30. He's ready to return to his father's house with his wives, with his children. But when he approached Laban, see, this is how he knew not to say anything the second time. When he approached Laban and said, I'm ready to go back home. I'm going to take my wives with me. I'm going to take my children with me. I'm ready to go back home. The response, the persuasive response of Laban was basically this. Don't go, Jacob. Please stay. And that please stay would amount into six years later. That please stay would amount to six years. A man's ready to go. But because of the request, it caused a hesitation in Jacob in so much that six years later, he's going to get out of town without anybody knowing. Because he knew the last time that he asked was the voice of persuasion that was asking just for one more day. And that day had turned into years. Folks, you don't have to announce whenever you're, you're dropping some old habits that you used to have that is not godly. You don't have to announce it. That's great. People want to be faith, you know, have the uh, a voice of faith and say, bless God, I'm going to whatever, you know, for the Lord. And that's fine and that's great. But know this, you don't have to say anything. You can move stealthily from what you once did to what you're going to do. And he don't have to be any the wiser. Because the moment he knows you're going to move, he's going to ask you to stay. Amen. And when you look at our scripture reading tonight, Whenever Laban came to Jacob, he said, why did you, why did you leave without telling me? Why'd you leave without me knowing? Why'd you leave without uttering a word? He said, we'd have sung songs. We'd have got out the harp. We, we would have got out some music. We would have sent you away in a good way. If I knew that you was going to leave, I, I would have made sure I sent you away well if you had done that. But Jacob knew this. All of those things would have been nothing more but allurements to stay. 
He said, I was ready to go, and so I went. God wanted me to go, and so I went. In other words, I didn't need anything to hinder me. I didn't, anything, I didn't need anything to draw me back. He said, I was longing for the house of my father. Then I was more so than I was longing for another song. More so than I was longing for another dance. More so than I was longing for another meal at your table. I was longing for my... I want my appetite to be put upon those things that are godly, those things that are of the land of promise. Do you understand? Amen. I've had enough of the song and the dance on this side, amen, if you will, of the promise. I want my song and dance to be on that side of the land of promise. Hallelujah. The Bible states these words in Genesis 35 and verse 2. Note this well. The Bible says, Then Jacob said unto his household, we are, we are in years now. We are, we are advancing a little bit. They have left the land of Laban. He has already had a conversation with Laban. They have parted ways. All right. And Jacob, listen, he knew not that Rachel had taken the household God. But in, verse, in chapter 35, verse 2, the Bible says, Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you. And be clean. Change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, which is the house of God. And I will make there an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. Look at verse 4. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all their earrings which were in their ears because notably in that day they had their gods imprinted and stamped engraven upon even their earrings he said the earrings that were in their ears and Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem now here's something I don't know that I don't know from Genesis 32 to Genesis 35 in the reading of the scripture I don't know if Jacob ever found out before now that Rachel had her daddy's household God. There's no place in scripture that says he discovered it prior to this point in time. That he knew that she had grabbed that household God. But what I do know is here in chapter 35, he's telling his household, that's just not men servants and maid servants. That's his sons and daughters. That's his wives. He's telling his household. He said, listen here, put away any strange gods among you. Put away any strange gods. Let's have your earrings. Let's change our garments. Let, let, let all of this be done because we're on our way to the house of God. We're on our way to Bethel. And the Bible says, now that applies to everybody under in his household. Every servant, every maid, every family member, that included, if you will, Rachel. That included her family God of the house of her father that she had stole away those years ago. He said, be clean. Change your garments. We're headed to the house of God. We're headed to the house, if you will, of my father's God. And he knew that he could not successfully make the trip to the 
house of God unless they would let go of what he thought may be hindering him or let go what they could do without at his daddy's house. And not coincidentally, the Bible states these words that whenever he took the earrings and he took those strange gods that any of his household had, the Bible says he took those and he hid them under the oak and Jacob took these things and hid them under the oak that was at Shechem in essence just as plain as we can get Jacob hid them under a tree someone say amen a tree Jacob lets go of everything he wants everything in his household to let go of everything if I'd say it like this what he even didn't know that someone had Rachel he wanted her to let go of everything and so here's Rachel the only thing that she had of the inheritance or portion of her father when she left that land was that household God that she had. So it's at this location on her way to the house of God that she lets go of that last thing that attaches her to her father's house. She lets go of that household strange God idol. The last thing she lets go of on her way to the house of God right here at Shechem. And there's something I believe scripture is doing for us that it does oft times different places. Scripture is offering us a little bit something that is foreshadowing here because the Bible says that Jacob takes those things. He takes that item. He takes those false gods and he hides them under the oak. He hides them under a tree. Folks, can I tell tell you tonight that there is something being foreshadowed in scripture whatever thing may be holding you back or whatever thing you might have carried over from your father's house if you'll surrender it to God on the way to the house of God hallelujah that thing can be buried under a tree called Calvary that thing can be buried under a tree called Golgotha the place of the skull someone say amen when we get a true longing for the right father's house, amen, it will not be based upon the premise of compromise. Oh yeah, you'll not be based upon the premise of compromise, seeing that you what you can get by with. No, no, that's not the longing for the Father's house. A longing for that Father's house will cause us to let go of the very things that are associated with the other Father's house. Amen. And there's no better place to let go of those things than at a tree where they can be hid, where they can be buried. There's no better place for those things to be hid under than a tree. I'm here to take you. The Bible tells us in the New Testament that Christ took the handwritings of the ordinances that were written against us and he nailed them to the tree. Calvary needs to be the place where the portions of your past father's house become hid and buried as you advance forward to the Father's house. It's the question again that we begin this with this evening is this. Which Father's house, in essence, we're getting at, are you longing for? Jacob said the house of Abraham, the house of, Jay, the house of Isaac. But Rachel in her spirit says, I'll go if I can take I'll go if this can accompany me. Here's the funny thing. Not funny. But she knew enough deep down 
that what she was doing incorrect. Because evidently she kept it hid from Jacob. And when Laban showed up, she sat on it and kept it hid from him too. Plainly stated, if you got to go around trying to hide it, it probably shouldn't be on your journey to God's house. You need to leave it at the tree. You need to leave it at the tree. Man, what's left at the tree? Folks, I've seen addictions left at the tree. Mm -hmm. I've seen illicit lifestyles of having to sleep around in every other bed left at a tree. Uh -huh. Hallelujah. Amen. Is everyone, someone getting uncomfortable right now? I've seen, uh, I've seen uh, uh, hate left at a tree. I've seen language that's not, not, not commendable for heaven. Amen. Left at a tree. Oh, but God, no, no. No, you, you're saying, Brother McGee, we, no, 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 not, not none of that. Honey, just leave it at the tree. Leave it at the tree. He's calling the people. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. Amen. He just wants us to reflect who he is. He's just wanting us to reflect his image. We're growing up into him, the Bible says, right? Amen. So we just need to leave those things that does not, amen, mirror who he is. Just leave them at the tree. That's the purpose of the tree. That's the purpose for the tree. Not just for blood to take care of your sickness, but blood to take care of your sin and I'm just going to leave it at the tree I don't need that on this journey anyhow God give me the Rebecca mentality in my Rachel world if you'll stand with me here this evening who's which father house which father's house which father's house if we can just close our eyes and bow our heads in this place which, which father's house which father's house how many have been duped and believe in just one more day? I've seen it over the history of my life. People that would buy the concept of just one more day. Just one more day. Some of them lost life in the day that they bargained for. Never, never to make their trip away from the past to what God had for them in the future. You can't bargain just one more day. You got to move when God says move. When God wants you to go, you got to go without hesitation, without desiring to take something of where you're coming from to where you're going with you per se. No, you got to go. You got to choose the Father's house above all things. Can we begin to talk to the Lord across this place tonight? If you don't know how to pray, you just talk to God like He is your friend because He is. Scripture speaks of Him being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen. You just speak to Him as a friend today. It's not no fancy words. It's just talking to God. Hallelujah, Lord. I know, God, I need to have a longing for Your house. I need to have a longing, God, for where You are. God, I feel that pull up on my heart and I feel that pull up on my life. But there is a pull of another world, God, that's pulling me in the opposite direction I'm wondering if I can take portion or part low 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 look if you will and look at the tree and let there be some things placed there he says do away with the strange gods do away with all these things because we're headed onward and there's some things that we just need to leave here and hid under a tree folks his blood is capable of covering his blood is capable of covering it's capable of falling over whatever that thing may be whatever that portion may be whatever that part and part 
parcel piece of inheritance that may have been. God is here tonight and he's capable of covering. He is a covering God. We can't do it on our own, but we can do it with God. Adam and Eve tried to cover themselves with fig leaves, but it wasn't enough. God showed up and through animal sacrifice, he gave them coats of skins to cover themselves. He's a covering God. He's a covering God. And when he does it, it's done adequately. When he does it, it's done appropriately. Hallelujah. Will someone just raise their hand tonight and say, God, I need you to cover me. I want my longings to be for the proper father's house. I want my longings to be for the right father's house. God, I don't want to try to, Lord, carry on something, God, from back there. God, you make all things new. Behold, old things are passed away and all things become new. God, the, 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 the apostle said, amen, in the scriptures of Ephesians, we take off the old man and we put on the new man and we become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to find myself at a tree. I'm going to find myself at a tree. Some things be hidden there. Some things be bad and buried there. Help me, Lord, to make my trajectory toward the house of God. The house of God. These altars are open tonight if anybody wants to pray. If you want to come to an altar or sit at your seat. If you want to raise a hand, bow it. If you want to have a conversation with the Lord. That's what this time and this opportunity is. is. I want to make my right choice concerning which father's house I'm longing for. Which father's house I'm vying for. Let it be for the house concerning the things of God. Hallelujah. Will you talk to the Lord right now? You can bear your soul. You can bear your soul unto him. You can bear your soul to him. He's mindful of us. He knows us. He knows, as David said, our uprising and our downsitting, our thought of our off. He's acquainted with all of our ways. There's not a word in our mouth, but lo, he knows it all together. Anywhere we go, he'll be there. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.